and welcome to the Trusted Advisor, a channel-focused podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. I'm Jim Roddy, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. This pod and video series is designed specifically for point-of-sale resellers and software developers, and our goal is to educate you on the topics of technology, leadership, management, sales, marketing, and other small business best practices. Today on the podcast, we'll be talking with two special guests from channel distributor ScanSource about how VARs can transition to become total solution providers. First, Kyle DeWitt is the Vice President of Technical Services, where he's responsible for pre and post sales support engineers in North America at ScanSource. As part of his role, Kyle explores and researches which new technologies will be most impactful across a variety of verticals. Hey, Kyle, it's nice to meet you and thanks for being here today. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on. Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it as well. We'll also talk with Brenda McCurry. Brenda joined ScanSource in 1993 and now serves as the Vice President of Merchandising for ScanSource POS and Barcode. Brenda manages vendor relationships, guides strategy, and directs her team in identifying and developing growth opportunities. She's been active in the RSP for years and recently served as an advisory board member. Hey, Brenda, always great to talk with you. Nice to see you, Jim. Great to be here. Great. I'm glad that both of you are here. I also have to note that so Kyle attended Furman University in Greenville and Brenda attended nearby Clemson. And so I get that a lot when I bump into ScanSource employees. So ScanSource is very much a landing spot for the top graduates of those two schools at Sam. I'm just curious, does it say in the literature when you went there, if you do really well here, get good grades, you get a job at ScanSource, does it kind of work that way? I wish. <laughs> you would think so. It helps that our uh, CEO and founder is a Clemson alum. So, uh, yeah. Yep. We're very blessed to have the opportunity to recruit from some really good schools here in the area. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Got a got a really good good pipeline going. So again, glad yeah. that uh, FU and Clemson are both um, both represented here. So the focus of this podcast today is not should you be a total solution provider, but how do you do it? And so the first step to transitioning from the typical VAR business model, uh, where you provide part of the technology solution to becoming a total solution provider, is defining that total solution for your merchants. And so, Kyle, I know what I'm going to ask is a really heavy question. But what's the technology stack that's needed by our listeners and our viewers who serve the retail, restaurant, and grocery verticals? Yeah, it's a it's a great opening question, but it, like you said, it is a heavy one. Uh, we could spend a, a ton of time digging into some of the, especially the technologies of the future. But um, we look at the solutions to, uh, and I know we'll get into um, uh, the the framework, but we look at solutions and hardware, software, services, and networking. Those are the kind of the the pillars of uh, solution building. And uh, from a technology standpoint, we find that uh, our partners or our mutual partners are very comfortable in the hardware software space. They they either have ISV partnerships or are ISVs. They're comfortable with the uh, with hardware and the payment space. But I'd say from uh, a technology Stack standpoint, uh, self checkout uh, really important right now. All of, all of the front of house technologies for point of sale uh, very important right now. Uh, some of the back office things, especially in uh, in in hospitality or or uh, restaurant environments like you know receipt printers and and things like that. Uh, all of those are, are very comfortable for um, our partners who have point of sale practices. Some of the the other things that go into that stack that uh, may not be as comfortable or may not be as uh, intuitive as part of the sale would be things like 
um, physical security. Um, you know, having having a retail environment with an actual cash register and a till, uh, you need a camera that's pointed at that till. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have a, a cash flow problem, uh, a very physical cash flow cash flow problem. Uh, access control to uh, the premise is very important right now. Uh, I know we're we're getting back to the point where we're opening retail environments uh, and hospitality environments um, in many states, but there are still a lot of vacant buildings. So not only uh, do you need to protect your customers, employees, but you need to protect the assets within these buildings. And uh, so, um, you know, access control on back doors, front doors, uh, physical security uh, to protect them. Those are all very adjacent technologies. Um, you know, larger footprint uh, retail environments. You've got you know communications elements to it where you need to be uh, tracking your employees and being able to communicate your employees, calling out where a customer needs help, things like that. But I'd say uh, those are the ones that are most easily addressable in the wheelhouse of uh, of our audience today. Uh, there are certainly some technologies of the future that uh, that we're monitoring that um, that cross this space uh, very quickly. Cybersecurity is one. We can certainly dig into that later. Um, IoT, blockchain, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, virtual reality. I mean, there's some really cool um, adaptations of these technologies out there uh, that are right in this space. And uh, they they are not that far out. Yeah, it's interesting. Just as you say that, I'm I'm thinking about myself as a reseller, um, and you know, self checkout, physical security, access access control. I can feel like, yeah, I can do that. But once you start talking about augmented reality, I'm thinking an yeah. AI and IoT. Like, That's wow, right. it just seems light years away. But but you know, the the future is here right now. Uh, Br Brenda, uh, what technologies would you add to the list uh, that Kyle gave, or which would you emphasize? Well, I really um, would like to emphasize that what we're seeing with our partners is that maybe they played in one area of a retail store. Maybe they played in the front office, right? And now they're really playing across the store. They're going from you know the front to the back. Um, and I think Kyle did a really good job of summarizing the technology stack. But I think the consumer or the end user is really looking for one person to deal with. They really want one source and they want someone that can handle their point of sale needs, their infrastructure needs, their communication needs, their security needs. So they really want to go to one person in order to make that happen. And so I think we're seeing more and more of that as we, um, we kind of grow into this being this total solution provider. Got it. That's true. The merchants are asking for this. So it's not like you only are making the decision on your own, like, here's how I want my business to be. But merchants would right. prefer to deal with just one vendor and make one phone call whenever something from an IT standpoint goes wrong. Is that kind of what you're saying, Brenda? That is what I'm saying. Yep. Got it. Thank you. All right. And so Kyle alluded to this, but let's zoom out. You know, we talk about the technology stack, but let's look about uh, let's look at, like Kyle said, those four pillars or think about it as four legs of a table for total solutions. He said hardware, software, networking and services. And Brenda, uh, starting with you, can you talk a little bit about that concept in more detail? Like how balanced do those legs need to be? You know, does a VAR need internal expertise in all four of those areas? 
So um, we see some bars that do have expertise in all four areas and they kind of have to be balanced, right? You think of, you, you need to have um, um, the knowledge and the expertise in, in the hardware and the, and the services and the software um, in order for your customer to solve your customer's problem, right? And it really starts with that business need and understanding what the, the uh, end user needs are and what their challenges are and how you can go solve it. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to hire someone on your team to do it, but partnerships are key. If you, uh, if you have a specialty, if you, if you understand um, the point of sale um, or the self-checkout uh, area, but you need someone to partner with you on the infrastructure piece or the mobile uh, piece or the security piece, partner, you know, partnerships are king right now. And so you can rely on distribution, right? We have, we have resources. Kyle's team is a perfect example of having the architects and the design team to help our partners understand what they need. And then we also have um, a professional services team that can help with the implementation. So we, we have, a, have resources at ScanSource, but there's also partnerships out in the industry. There's a lot of ISVs that can help you build a solution, right? So that you don't have to have the answer to every, um, every challenge at your end user. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the point in terms of how you can partner with not just other resellers, but also with your distributor vendor partners. I think I've been hosting podcast moderating panels in this industry for moving in on 20 years now. And, you know, especially in live events, I'll turn to the audience and say, lean on your vendors, lean on your distributors, pick yeah. up the phone, right? Because they actually want to, they want to help you. And as, you know, our friend Paul Constantine, uh, you know, uh, who's longtime ScanSource uh, employee, I remember him saying at an RSP Inspire event, we just want y'all to sell more, right? And so that's really what the, a lot of the vendors and, and the distributors want. So um, I would have to be put behind it, the scenes. We can be behind the scenes and help um, help support the the partner and uh, give them the necessary resources to be successful uh, with their end customer. Exactly. Very good. And just, you know, I'm putting a hash mark down. Paul and I are good friends. We met at Inspire event, like I said, years ago. So every time I uh, quote him, I think he has to give me 20 bucks <laughs> or something like that. So, um, I, so Kyle. I'll get a cut of his. <laughs> Great. So, Kyle, you know, many of our listeners and viewers, they have a long history of, as you alluded to earlier, selling, installing and servicing point of sale hardware and software, but they don't have that experience as much with networking and services. So what advice can you give to a VAR who's maybe in the early stages or the exploratory stages of navigating these two areas? Yeah, I'd say so there's there's a couple of the key things that I would give as advice here. One on the networking side, uh, don't be afraid of it. Um, not only don't be afraid of it, but fully embrace it. Every single device that we as technologists deploy for our customers connects to a network somewhere. And every single one of those devices uh, is, an, is a, uh, an entry point for bad actors, right? So you need to understand, one, what your liability is, two, how to secure things uh, as you walk into uh, a customer that's not a greenfield environment where there's already an existing network and you're dropping a new device on it. So uh, the, the both sides of the coin there are don't be afraid to address the networking elements or the networking needs of your customers, but two, make sure you're fully aware uh, of what 
uh, their network looks like before you before you decide to uh, install new devices on it. Um, two, uh, staying on the networking uh, side, there's uh, yeah, I, I, I referenced cybersecurity earlier. I'm probably going to say it again before we disconnect on here because it's so important right now, uh, especially as our uh, transactions in the retail space move more digital. Uh, you have less physical hand-to-hand -hand transactions happening and more uh, digital transactions happening or contactless uh, transactions. Um, there is a global shortage of expertise in cybersecurity. So uh, to feel overwhelmed in that space is 100% normal. Uh, and we would not advocate that you go try to spend a bunch of money to build a practice. There are plenty of companies out there that specialize in it, um, that are certified, that have uh, security operation centers uh, that you can partner with or subscribe to to handle the security elements of your customer. So the easy part of networking is I want to install a wireless device. They don't have a wireless AP at this shop. I can sell them an access point. Easy peasy. Uh, some uh, some margin availability there. Um, it's a good opportunity to upsell when you walk in and have that um, that total solution uh, conversation with your customer. Uh, but understand the other elements to it, the, the security elements to it, and don't be afraid to enter that. We we have uh, practices both. Uh, ScanSource has practices both on the uh, the networking wireless side of the business. We also have a cybersecurity practice, so we can help have both those conversations with you. Uh, Flipping a little bit into services, services is the um, highest margin opportunity anybody that's listening to this podcast has. Uh, you can go sell a whole bunch of widgets to uh, your customer base uh, or and or sell some services. You're going to make a lot more money on the services side. And again, you can either build or partner uh, to deliver those services. But just, you know, well, what do services mean? A couple of examples. Uh, MDM, really big right now, mobile device management. So if you um, are in the grocery space, you know that there are some large chains that are moving to uh, self-scan, self-checkout style uh, customer experiences in, in uh, grocery stores. All of those devices need to be managed. Uh, there are some that are using uh, handheld scanners. You walk in, you pick up a handheld scanner, you go around, you scan all your product, uh, you push it out the door in your cart. Uh, sensors, beacons, IoT. Um, here, here's where you have to rein me in, Jim, because I'm going to go uh, down all kinds of different technology paths. But all of those devices need to be managed. By the way, we're, you know, we're recording this the end of September 2020. All those devices need to be sanitized as well. That's a service. That's a managed service uh, that our that our partners can provide. Um, other s services in that space are traditional things like help desk, um, install products with your customer. They have problems. We mentioned it earlier. Uh, one, uh, I try to get away from one throat to choke and go one back to pat. Um, but, you know, one phone number to call uh, to, you know, to help with any of the issues that, that I, uh, especially a small business is having um, inside their facility. Um, you know, rest, small restaurateurs, they, they want to make food and serve food. They don't want to be IT specialists. So there's a great opportunity for our partners to um, spin up some high margin services, provide simple things like help desk um, for uh, the, the IT infrastructure of their customer sites, uh, and then, you know, move into some of these uh, more technically challenging um, 
services, like I've mentioned. Uh, but there's there's a lot of opportunity out there. There's a lot more opportunity than just walking in and selling a pen pad or replacing a pen pad uh, for these partners. Yeah, and so first I'm gonna try to steal your phrase about one back to pat. That is way more optimistic than one throat to choke. <laughs> and I think it really sets up the, you know, the relationship with your your merchant customers a lot better than that. If we can drill down, Kyle, just for a second, I really like how you started off talking about be not afraid, and especially from a security standpoint. So one thing that we saw talking, you know, from an RSPA standpoint, talking with a lot of our members uh, in the industry, we've seen that a lot of resellers, when it came to security, they just wanted to be hands off and said, I don't want to be responsible for it. I'll take care of the POS. I'll take care of the payments, but I don't want to be responsible. Now they're realizing that they would be neglectful if they That's didn't right. take care of security because their customer could end up getting hacked and they need to be protected. So they don't want to be derelict in their in their duties. Is that a change in mindset that you're starting to see from a security standpoint that more of these folks who were just hands off are saying, I really owe it to my customers to take care of this instead of leaving it to someone else? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's some very public um, examples of data breaches that have happened in the retail space. I mean, for 10 years, there have been very public um, examples of these things. And if you go back and you look at what the entry point for those data breaches were, it was never the point of sale equipment. It was something else. It was something else that was dropped onto the same network as the point of sale equipment. And again, bad actors had access to everything. Once they're in, they have access to everything. So you're exactly right. Like pe people want to say, like I don't want to, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to be involved. That's not in my wheelhouse. But it is. It has to be because you're impacting your customer's network. So uh, it behooves everyone to at least have uh, a basic understanding of what uh, you know, what what uh, risks they're introducing uh, to their customer. And then, like I uh, alluded to, Jim. Now, right now, the, the fact that we're moving to more contactless uh, methods, um, curbside, the pen pads and, and uh, uh, swipe um, uh, payment devices are leaving their mounted place on a desk and going into the parking lot or into the onto a curb. Um, those are all risks, uh, not only to PCI compliance, but to the data. Um, so it's it is definitely becoming more relevant now because of the environment and the retail space, uh, but it's been around for a while. Right. Got it. Yeah, so, Brenda, please. So Jim, if I can add, um, Kyle's exactly right. You know, we've been talking about security now for, I don't know, 10 years, Kyle. We, we, we started our security business and, and we're now really starting to see some of our traditional point of sale uh, customers start to really, um, interact with the security suppliers and starting to see some success uh, with like security cameras, right? They're really starting to put that uh, into their total offering to the end user. So that has picked up, I would say in the past six months, um, greatly. Uh, we have large, large rollouts happening right now um, with some of the top uh, security camera companies. Got it. And what's the impetus behind that? Is it just because the time has come or is there something, you know, beyond that? Is there something that uh, that VARs are seeing that they haven't before? I think um, I think VARs, one, are seeing that they um, 
that the end users are are in a in a place where they need to have the security. As Kyle was talking about, there, you know, the the business has changed and how they are interacting with their customers has changed, and they need to provide a secure environment. And they need they're asking a lot of questions. The consumers are are asking a lot of questions, and the VARs now are saying, "Hey." I've heard about this and I have a, a source that scan source that can go help me. And so they can rely on Kyle's team and um, the, our security uh, team to help them implement and grow their business, right? I think more so than ever right now, our, our VARs are looking for ways to expand their business and to become a trusted advisor for their, um, their end user. And so I think now is the time that we're really starting to see uh, everything that we've talked about for so many years come into play. Yeah, right. I think so, uh, we benefit, Jim, just from uh, having such a wide portfolio of products that contain the word security in them that we can be a little uh, vague in how we refer to it. But it, it doesn't matter when you're looking at a total solution. Security can mean secure your network, uh, but it can also mean secure your premise. And uh, mm -hmm. the evolution of the secure your premise technology has started to move into things like temperature scanning and uh, touchless entry and things like that. So there are impetus impetuses uh, in the market now that are driving an evolution of technology in that physical security space um, that really don't don't have anything to do with uh, keeping the bad guys out. It's really about protecting the people that you want to come into your business. Uh, so, protecting yeah, your employee. That's right. Yep. Yeah, gotta protect them. So, before we dive into some more specifics, let's pause here for a moment and let our listeners and viewers know that an RSP membership has never been more valuable or affordable. The RSP has expanded its VAR and ISV member benefits to include discounts on health insurance, HR services, office supplies, and shipping. Also, RSP members now have access to a legal advisor, security advisor, and a VAR and ISV business advisor. That's all included in your annual RSP membership, which for resellers starts at just $250 a year. That's 68 cents a day for the these high value services. I'm just realizing I should have had you guys compute that to see what it is and see who gets it faster, the Furman grad or the Clemson grad, but the moment has passed. So uh, we're gonna have to catch that next time. So uh, with that- Furman grad with a math degree. So yeah, I, I, I don't have a math I'm degree. Gonna, so. I'm going to claim it without having done it, Jim. Continue. <laughs> well, good. Maybe we'll have another math quiz portion uh, towards the end of the podcast as well. We'll come up with some more formulas, throw some geometry out there. Um, so without an RSP membership, you'll either spend thousands of dollars paying an outside consultant who doesn't know the channel, or you'll end up going it alone during these turbulent times in our industry. Accelerate your success by joining the RSPA today. Also, thank you to our sponsors who support the RSPA community and make this podcast and video series possible. Our platinum sponsors are Blue Star, Heartland, Shift4 Payments, and ScanSource. To receive the benefits of an RSPA membership or RSPA sponsorship, email membership at gorspa.org. That's membership at gorspa.org. Okay, so our listeners have decided they want to become a total solution provider. So let's talk about some areas of Avar's business where they might need to make some adjustments. So I'd like to hear your advice and also understand the best practices that you're seeing from ScanSource's top resellers who have made this transition. And I'll just throw it out, whoever wants to answer each one of these. So we want to start with financing. Uh, is additional financing needed to fund this transition? And if the answer to that is yes, what are the methods, what are the options, what are the alternatives uh, for Avarta to finance this transition? I'd say one um, 
immediate investment that uh, our partners can make is 68 cents a day to get access to a security advisor. Uh, call back to the first half of the podcast. Uh, I, I know um, the, uh, the entering a new space can seem daunting uh, if you don't possess the skill set within your current business practices. Uh, that's one of the um, biggest initial investments that uh, partners have to decide whether or not to make. Go, go hire a specific skill set to enter um, into a new technology space or even a new vertical. Um, that can be expensive uh, depending on what skill set you need and uh, where the talent exists. Uh, M&A is also another you know, route to obtain skill sets and obtain a business practice. And so... Um, again, timing is everything. Not a lot of partners sitting around with uh, a bunch of cash to burn in uh, building new practices and, and acquiring companies. So we, uh, we've we um, mentioned partnerships already. Brenda uh, has mentioned it a couple of times in the top part of the podcast. That's that's one of the best ways to do it. Uh, low, low barrier to entry, uh, either find um, a a, another partner like yourselves that focus in a space that you need to enter, uh, or there there are tons of solution providers out there where you can subscribe to their offerings, uh, introduce a, a monthly recurring revenue uh, stream into your business with almost zero working capital, right? So I mean, you can you can start a security practice and never hire a person. Uh, you could start a wireless uh, infrastructure practice and never hire a single person. So uh, there's lots of opportunities out there that fall within this partnership. Can link. I ask uh, how, if you can dive down on like that wireless yep. infrastructure and never hire a person, like somebody listening at it would be like, well, how in the world do I do that? Like a magic wand or like, can you talk about maybe those specifics of how would a reseller who doesn't have that expertise start that practice? What would they do without having to spend money? Yeah, well, it's tough to answer that question without it sounded like a commercial, but we, uh, <laughs> ScanSource has a whole portfolio hey, clear, of providers. Clearly uncomfortable reading commercials, so <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> uh, ScanSource has a whole portfolio of providers uh, through our uh, IntelliSys organization uh, that, that the entire space is monthly recurring revenue. It's X as a service and wireless as a service, infrastructure as a service, networking as a service, like all those things exist. And there are companies out there who have specialized in it and can provide a per month fee to and through the partners to the customers um, that can that uh, can assist with everything we've talked about, physically getting product on site and installed, securing product that's on site and installed. Uh, and a lot of times the uh, the role that our partners, uh, the minimum role our partners have to play is matchmaking. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and we can help them with that, find the right partner. And uh, they just then sit back and collect commission checks. It's that easy, Jim. <laughs> Got it. Well, that was kind of the thing when payment processing first took place, like resellers, right. POS resellers, we used to break in their back for their money and they were saying this sounds too good to be true but it it wasn't right it's once you get that relationship then you get that you know mailbox money as it used to be now, obviously right. there's work to do you know in case if anything goes bad or questions that you have um but it's not like they had to spend a whole bunch of money to to build some some infrastructure um so finance is important anything else you would add to that brenda before we talk about some other areas well, um, you know, I think we're going to talk a little bit about sales and marketing in a, in a moment. So uh, I think Kyle did a 
did a real good job. I think finance, you really have to understand um, what investments you're wanting to make. You know, if you if you understand the market, um, are you going to hire a consultant or are you going to hire an employee that can give you the expertise or are you going to acquire or are you going to, um, at, you know, work with a third party outsourcing and partnerships? Those are just the questions you need to ask yourself. Yeah, and if you dive a little bit more into staffing, what have you seen from a trend standpoint? Have you seen ScanSource as VARs adding staff or they've been able to become a total solution provider, you know, by leaning on vendors and distributors? Like, do they have to add one person, no people, five? Uh, I guess, what do you see from a trend standpoint from your perspective? Yeah, I, I typically see them adding um, maybe sales structure, right? They're adding feet on the street to go out and actually sell the solution. And then they rely on scan source or they rely on uh, partnerships with ISVs or, uh, or the suppliers, right, to help them outsource um, the other areas of that business. You know, we can um, do the custom config, uh, we can do the integration work on their behalf, we can um, bring in someone to do implementation for them. So we have all these resources and we're seeing more and more partners come to scan source or distribution um, and say, hey, I don't want to be in the back office anymore. I, I don't want to, you know, have a, um, a fleet of trucks on the street, right? How do I work with you guys to partner with uh, with other folks and make that happen? They want to concentrate on the sales side and they do a really good job there, but they are outsourcing and they're using us and using the suppliers to do that. Got it. And then uh, partnering, I want to dive a little bit more into that. We've talked about that, I guess, from a theoretical standpoint in terms of this is one way to, um, you know, get from a VAR to a total solution provider. But can uh, either one of you talk about, do you see a lot of that VAR to VAR partnering actually happening to help them become total solution providers? Or is it just a handful of folks are doing it and you see most of the channel being late adopters? Or is it, you know, boy, people are jumping in, you know, feet first and it's, uh, you know, really a, a popular thing that folks are doing? Or are they more slower adopters in this? I guess, what's your perspective? What are you seeing from a practical application for partnering? Yeah, I'd say uh, from a VAR to VAR standpoint, it's not um, tremendously prevalent because part of the acronym VAR is value add and people are very protective of their their uh, value add and part of that is the relationship with the customer. And uh, so it takes um, a lot of trust and, uh, and you know, it's a role that we play. I, I said matchmaking earlier, but uh, that's a role we play where uh, if we have a VAR come to um, ScanSource with an opportunity, but there's a gap in that VAR's offering uh, that is needed to, to be filled, um, we can set them up with a, a trusted advisor, with, a, with another reseller that has a practice uh, in that space that we know to be friendly, that we know to um, have good relationships with their peers and can walk in you know, arm in arm to a single customer and represent uh, a partnership. Um, but that's, that's, um, that's building, Jim, because people are seeing this need right now to, um, to become more diverse in their offerings. And for all the reasons we've just talked about, there's some, there's some barriers to entry in uh, partnerships if you can, uh, if you if you if you have the trust and you have the right partners, um, that's a very easy solution. 
Yeah, I've seen geographical partnerships. Like yeah. I came across a deal out of town, and so I have That's somebody right. to you know sell my solution and partner there. But I haven't seen many inside the same region. I have this technology specialty. You have this. Let's work together. It almost seems like they, you know, you know, sharpen their weapons before they go after each other. Like I don't, I don't want to do that. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if we're able to to do that. Go ahead, Brenda. Yeah. I was just going to say I think Kyle brought up a key word in trust. And so um, we do have some large partners and, and um, that compete with each other in the retail space, right? Uh, but they may not have all of the skill set like on, um, they may be used to dealing with a um, retail, specialty retail store, but they have a, uh, a need for self-checkout, right? So they may partner together um, and work together on that opportunity and they come up with a referral fee and leads and all of that. So we do see some of our larger retail partners working together, but they have long standing, um, I'd say friendships and, and they really trust each other to know, hey, if I bring you into this opportunity, you're not going to steal it from me. You're going to help me support what is needed and you're going to, you're going to help me, but you're not going to take this customer away from me. And so I, I think that's really the key word is that, you know, through the years, um, they've been in the same ecosystem working together and they know what their strengths and their skill sets are and they leverage those and they partner. And, and I think that's the beauty of what ScanSource tries to do when we have our partner events, but also what RSPA tries to do, um, Jim, when we do you know, Retail Now and Inspire. It's really about bringing people together and understanding that networking is so important. And as you build those networks, you can build the trusted advisors and you can partner with each other out in the, in the economy and the world. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, Jim, sure. I was just, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Kyle. Just, I just wanted to button that up by saying uh, partnership is not optional anymore. Uh, I, I will be so bold as to say this is going to be a requirement for bars to survive in the new space. Is they are going to have to partner. And whether or not they're partnering with other bars or with suppliers or service providers that can help fill the gaps, um, th those will those will be the ones that thrive and survive. So two points I'll add. So first, you said button that up, Kyle. So in a few minutes, I have a special surprise for you guys that you'll start either thinking or saying button that up. But I don't want to okay. I don't want to spoil the surprise for you. Uh, but the other part is um, the RSPA is going to run an experiment. Um, we just launched a cannabis community. We're going to have the first meeting in October. And so we're inviting some managed services providers who work more on the, the back end of the cannabis market and trying to partner them with point of sale resellers who might not know anything about the cannabis vertical, but these cannabis MSPs don't know a whole lot about how dispensaries and retail work. So, it, you know, it could be folks who are in the same state and trying to get them to work together. So um, we've had a lot of interest from it. Um, and we reached out to a handful of people and uh, very, very receptive. We're gonna kind of test that and see if we can make some more of these solution provider to solution provider partnerships uh, happen. So, all right, well, a couple minutes left. One last topic I wanted to talk about or one area for total solution provider is sales and marketing, right? You can set yourself up to provide everything, but if you're not able to move these products and services, you know, the thing, the whole machine isn't going to work. So how does a total solution provider market and sell their solution differently than a traditional reseller? So um, 
Jim, really it takes, um, you've got to take your sales reps and you've got to train them on a solution. You know, we can, we can all sell a widget, right? You can, it's pretty easy to sell a widget and go in and, and you just, you know, compete there. But if you really want to cha uh, challenge your team, you really got to train them. And so we've seen um, uh, a lot of opportunity to help educate a sales team on the questions they need to ask and how they need to focus uh, and change their sales approach to sell a solution. And it's really about going in and understanding the end customer uh, business challenges. What are they faced with? What are their day-to-day -day, uh, challenges and what do they need to solve? And then you step back from that and you think about, okay, what is the hardware that's needed? What is the software that's needed? How do I wrap in the services and the professional services to build that margin up and to be more profitable? And then you go back in and you, you tell your story um, to, the, um, to the end customer. It's about differentiating yourself out in the marketplace because you may be running up against your competition. So you need to have your story um, buttoned up. I'll use Kyle's um, um, talk there, but you need to button your, your sales pitch up. Uh, and, and that has to start with training and education, right? So your sales team has to be very comfortable in, in having that conversation. But then you really have to think about, okay, how do I deliver my message to the, to the market? You know, what does my website look like? What do I, do I just talk about products on my website? Or am I talking about a, a solution? Am I, am I featuring a solution and how to solve, solve a problem? So you really need to think about, okay, I've got to change how I tell my story. What's my value proposition? What am I really trying to um, trying to sell here um, and really, you know, change your whole messaging and your whole way to market. Um, new ways to market. Um, you've got, you know, you've got the social media aspect and you've got um, all of the different ways to do video now to really highlight a solution versus just product. I'm glad you brought up the website, Brenda, because a lot of resellers I see, if you go to their website, they show a point of sale system and another point of sale system. And of course, smiling people in a restaurant and another point right. of sale system. It's like, if you want to be perceived or known as a total solution provider, you've got to show how that whole ecosystem Correct. works. And then when you go engage with a customer, you can't just go slinging a product because if they need a POS system, that's a very you know shorter conversation than let's do a, a need analysis of what you have. So I'm, I'm glad, glad you brought up that point. Uh, yeah, Kyle, to add on to that, oh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I would say uh, a business practice leader is one of the key investments any partner can make, uh, any VAR can make. Um, if they are going to hire staff or uh, hire a, a new sales team, as we alluded to earlier. So if you're getting into a new space, a practice leader in that space, uh, well worth the investment and they can help navigate uh, how to sell, how to create solutions, what the market looks like, who the right suppliers are on that space. Uh, and, and a lot of times that can literally be one person. And so uh, it's a, a, a good attack strategy uh, as you move away from uh, a myopic view of an industry to a total solution view. Uh, and the other thing that I would uh, throw out there about just about the sales organization is if you're choosing as a VAR to enter into this monthly recurring revenue um, uh, revenue stream, 
there's all there is some hesitation because uh you know most sales organizations are coin operated and they they want that sell and they want their commission right back off the sale of the widget uh, and if you try to describe how long it takes to see return on monthly recurring revenue people are like ah no nah, i don't have that i don't have enough time for that i, I don't want to wait for my mailbox money to show up but look if you're starting a new practice and you're focusing on that type of revenue stream this is a great opportunity to start your sales team focused on uh, closing opportunities where they're going to get paid commission for you know the life of the opportunity instead of trying to retrain um, a, a coin-operated sales organization. Got it. All right. So last couple questions. We're uh, running out of time here. We're almost up against it. But I picture a reseller listening to this, taking notes, looking at everything they've written and thinking like, where in the world do I start? So to help them before they pull out all their hair, can you answer their question like, you know, quickly with a couple of things like where in the world should they start? What are the first one or two steps they should take to become a total solution provider? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's another scan source plug. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, every partner that buys from us has an assigned account manager and uh, a lot of times account executives that can help them with that planning, uh, introduce them to suppliers. I have solution architects on my team that can talk through uh, industry trends, uh, what suppliers are solving certain needs, um, and we can we can also uh, we ScanSource can also help navigate that how to build a business practice. Um, Got it, Brenda. I, I what's your what? Oh, go ahead, Brenda. What's your answer? No, no. no I was just going to say, Kyle, you're exactly right. Um, we have um, business development team teams. We have account executive teams that really can help our partners dive into a business plan and help them look and analyze the business and then pull in the resources from Kyle's team and from our marketing team. We have ScanSource University, uh, which is a, is a portal that, that houses videos, it houses blogs, it houses thought leadership, it houses um, supplier trainings. It really can help our partners dive deep into a solution. Um, we have the ability um, to create some um, special customized training for a partner if they need to. We can pull in the experts. You know, Kyle is one of our experts, and we can pull in supplier experts, and we can pull in marketing experts, really to help our partners craft the right business plan to go launch into being a total solution provider. So I would say it starts with just asking uh, a few simple questions and asking for help. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you're a reseller, you're not going to be the first ever reseller to go down this yeah, that's path. Right. So <laughs> that's you know, right. lean on other folks and don't feel like you have to uh, do all the discovery uh, by, by yourself, right? There's a uh, right. there's a MapQuest out there for you or, or Google Maps and they can, they can show you the way. So my last question for you both, and we like asking our guests this from time to time, can you recommend for our audience, again, of VARs and ISVs, a book to read, an online resource to follow, podcast to listen to that'll help them improve their organization. Yeah, we've done a couple of podcast series. Uh, Jim, I know you have uh, starred in one of them called Don't, Don't Change the Channel, uh, where we take uh, industry leaders, um, sometimes from our suppliers, sometimes from our uh, partner organizations, uh, and we'll dig into um, certain topics. We've done uh, recently done one uh, on the retail and grocery space uh, that was recorded, um, you know, a couple of months ago as this, as the, as the big transition was happening in that space. Uh, and then we also have a second one uh, that's called Break It Down, uh, which is Break IT Down, where um, I 
try to explain some of those highbrow technologies I mentioned at the beginning uh, to uh, some ScanSource employees who ask me to teach them as if they were eight years old. So it's an interesting um, uh, view of these complicated technologies, but translated in a way that uh, not only consumers, but people in our space that are trying to sell this technology uh, can understand it. I just picture eight-year-olds. You have sock puppets and <laughs> cartoons yeah. and marionettes or something. No, like that. I, it's all it's a true podcast, no video. So I'm having to. <laughs> Jim. All right, uh, Brenda. What resources would you recommend or books to read, stuff like that? So um, I uh, would have to recommend our Power Hours. They are an hour-long web seminar that we've been hosting, um, and it first started. I guess back in March, and we hosted uh, Bruce Stewart, who is um, Channel Corp. Um, and he basically walked our partners through how to be financially sound and what was needed um, to move to a reoccurring revenue model. And it, it was a six weeks course, and he was really, really good. We just finished the last course. Um, um, around marketing, and it was really walking how to how our partners through how to market. Um, and we closed out yesterday with uh, Scott Drobner from Zebra talking about market disruptions. And so he really laid out kind of what's happening in the world right now, and from a from a um, from a vertical standpoint, and from opportunities growth areas. And so I would say. Be sure you tune in because we'll have some more coming up in, in October and November. Great. Thank you for that. Thank you for those resources. And so I'm going to close in a kind of an unusual fashion here before we uh, wrap things up. So, Cal, mm -hmm. this is the first time I've ever interviewed a Furman grad uh, here on the Trusted Advisor podcast. And as I mentioned earlier, Paul Constantine, uh, who I've gotten to know and become friends with, uh, met him at a RSPA Inspire event. Um, he is a Furman grad as well. He and I are both small college basketball fans, and he's really got me hooked on the Furman basketball program, right? They become a small college power. Uh, their guys don't transfer out. Nobody transfers in, right? They're the well-behaved, you know, really, and win a ton of games as well and, and do well uh, in school. And so uh, Paul got me turned on to following Furman basketball. And then they had in March, they had something on a social media campaign. If you retweet this, maybe you can win some Furman basketball gear. And I was like, I am all up for it. And so I did that and I ended up winning a Furman t-shirt. And so I was like, great. And I actually retweeted and said, I'm ready for this great postseason run. And then COVID hit. So I never had a chance to wear the Furman t-shirt. Um, but so folks who are watching this on video, you might notice this is the first time that I haven't, uh, this is our uh, 28th episode uh, or 29th. I've kind of lost track of the Trusted Advisor uh, podcast. And uh, this is the first time I haven't worn my blue RSPA shirt. That's because... I'm wearing oh, yeah. underneath this, I, get the right. I am wearing that Furman basketball t-shirt and representing. I love it. So. I love it. Thank you very much, Jim. Oh, I, wow. I appreciate that. Jim, sure. I've got to get you a tiger shirt. No, no. The other purple. This, this purple is just fine, Brenda. I'll get yeah, you an orange one. All right. I appreciate Paul, that. Paul will be very proud. I will let him know. Yes, he will be very proud. <laughs> 
Very good. Well, good. And thank you for everybody for tolerating me taking my shirt off. Uh, for the <laughs> folks who are listening audio-wise, I'm wearing a t-shirt uh, as well. It wasn't like uh, I took everything off there. So, well, uh, everybody, we hope you enjoyed our discussion today. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the RSPA YouTube channel and the Trusted Advisor podcast so you never miss an episode. We'd also appreciate if you'd rate us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. My personal philosophy is the more stars, the better. And if you'd like to learn more best practices for VARs and ISVs in the point of sale channel, you can check out the RSPA blog. You can find it at gorspa.org and then clicking on RSPA blog. Before we go, thanks again to Kyle and Brenda for sharing your, their wisdom with us today. Really uh, good information. We appreciate that very much. Uh, thanks also to RSPA Marcom manager, Chris Sonnard for his production work, Joseph McDade for our music. And last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the point of sale ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, please visit our website at gorspa.org. Thanks for listening and goodbye, everybody. Bye.